smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Cliff Schechter, here with the other co-host, Mr. John Aravosis. Hello. John. Hello. Well, what to talk about today. How about the sweaty mess that melted down last night for 70 minutes and yeah, and that, that wasn't even Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I, know, I know you're not even just discussing Giuliani. He's just part of that. We so can discuss many. that overall disgusting display last night and, and really the last four days of it. Who better to have with us than an old friend uh, and terrific writer, Will Bunch. Uh, Will is a national opinion columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He's got a newsletter that you should definitely sign up for. Uh, I don't have the exact link for that, but I bet Will will give it to you. He's the author of many books, Tear Down This Myth, The Backlash, The Burn Identity. You really should read everything Will writes. Um, and um, so let's just kick it to John for an ad, and then we'll we'll get going. Excellent. Well, guys, unfortunately, <laughs> COVID-19, we're having a lot of fun with the ads lately. <laughs> unfortunately, COVID-19 infection rates are exploding across the nation. We know it's common sense that everyone wear on face masks. I always love that she gets that. She gets the tense right in that case because she uses At least 89% of us know it's common sense. Well, I'm Go just ahead. saying I'm glad that the woman who wrote the ad text actually got the subjunctive correct because that drives me crazy. We know it's common tense. sense that everyone wear a face mask. So that's where she got it right. And finally, most states have put mask mandates in place. She always says that, and it's not totally true, but that's okay. Face masks are still our best way to protect ourselves, our family, and our community. That's true. But what happens when the mask you thought you were buying is fraudulent or worthless? We're not going to fact check the rest of the ad, Cliff. Don't worry. So don't fact uh, check your ad. <laughs> the, rest of it, the rest of it's good. Um, the <laughs> FDA has provided a list of authorized respirator mask manufacturers. Finding those masks has been a challenge and verifying their authenticity even harder. Right now, the new Dealshop.com has FDA authorized respirator masks with anti-fake authentication on every package to ensure you're getting exactly what you need. These masks are tested by the NPPTL in the United States and provide greater than 95% filtration. They've even been used in the medical community. That would probably be the doctor medical community, I'm guessing. The middle of the medical doctor community. Remember, remember Trump with his not just doctors, they were medical doctors. Dr. Medical, <laughs> medical doctors. He said that one point, medical doctors. <laughs> um, right now, if you've seen his doctors, you know why, because let's face it, <laughs> I'm not sure they've been yeah. medical doctors. Right now, these masks are in stock and shipped for free for our listeners when you add the code sexy liberal. And this is the hard part because we really don't know if it's one word or two. Might be one, might be two. Sexy liberal. Go to thenewdealshop.com and order your supply today. That's thenewdealshop.com. Get them and keep yourself, your family, and your community safe. Uh, I think I just saw it. Was it on LinkedIn or somewhere that it was like your 20 or 25-year anniversary at uh, the Inquirer and Daily News <laughs> operation? Is that hey, right, Will? That, that's hilarious because I never go on LinkedIn, so I didn't even – you saw something I didn't even see. But it was. I started in August 1995. And, oh, wow. Uh, it, 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 yeah, and I've been uh, – n- uh, next year, I guess, will semi-officially mark uh, 40 years being a journalist. So that's pretty scary, wow. too. So, uh, wow. Well, congratulations. Years before that. Yeah, Clearly, you don't you. go on LinkedIn because you don't need to because you seem like you've got a pretty long-term job there. Um, uh, I don't go on LinkedIn because I'm 61 years old and no one's ever going to give me a job. It's not worth it, right? Yeah, that kicks in around age 45 or so, by the way, for anybody who's young out there. Yeah. Get, get ready. I think, I think all, three of us are, all three of us have passed that territory. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> to get to it, um, you know, I think you're just, you know, you're a perfect person to talk to because you've been writing about this stuff for a long time. Um, 
And yet, I think last night and this week even crossed a whole bunch of new lines. <laughs> yeah. I'll say quickly to yeah. me, yeah. I didn't recognize for the first time. And I would say I don't I, 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 that display last night. I didn't recognize my country anymore. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to kick it to you, Will, and let you talk about your column and what you saw. Well, I, I, I saw three things that were just beyond disturbing. And I, I think I, I honestly think, you know, and, and maybe because I'm a, a columnist, I am given to hyperbole, hyperbole every now and then. But I do. I really believe in my heart that we're going to look back on this week as one of the more consequential weeks in American history. I mean, <laughs> there was a lot of other stuff going on, of course, hurricanes and wildfires and and, uh, you know, the, the um, what's been happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and, and to have an RNC against this backdrop. But the RNC itself was just incredibly consequential for three reasons, basically, in my, in my opinion. One, and this really peaked last night, was just um, the very authoritarian, fascist, whatever you want to call it, merging of government and politics by, by Trump and, 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 and by the RNC. Uh, you know, which culminated last night in uh, commandeering the South Lawn of the White House for this political rally, uh, you know, fire, fireworks over our national monument. It's not Trump's national monument. Uh, uh, just all, all sorts of little things. I mean, one thing that very few people commented on because things were just happening so fast last night is, um, you know, these these U.S. border guards appearing at the ceremony in uniform, uh, you know, and the board and the border or the border patrol, and, and they, I mean, these people have become, <clears throat> honestly, uh, you know, a kind of a secret police, really, for, you know, in terms of pro-Trump and their willingness to go to places like Portland and do his dirty work, and now here they are at the White House, um, uh, you know, our, our taxpayer-funded White House. So, so that that was very disturbing, and, and it looked very much like something you would see in a totalitarian state. So that was number one. I mean, number no. two was, you know, we're just used to lying from this administration, but I, I think a lot of people described the last four nights as a, uh, as a fire hose of lies because they just kept coming so fast that, um, you know, and, and the cable networks, you know, uh, I'm talking about CNN and, and MSNBC, obviously not Fox, but, you know, I mean, they tried, they did their damnest to fact check in real time. And they, I think they did a decent job, but, there was just so many of them, you know, uh, you know, that Biden was going to, I mean, just the lies about Joe Biden, that he was going to defund the police, that he was going to raise taxes on most Americans, um, uh, you know, just just uh, that he's going to end fracking. I, I wish he would, but he but he's not, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. So uh, just just, uh, uh, you know, and 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 the flip side was just the. Uh, total whitewashing of, of dear, dear leaders, real record in office. Um, so, I mean, you just, you just saw this total unreality show for four nights. And then, and, and, and the thing I really probably hammered the hardest in my column, because I think it was, believe it or not, maybe even more disturbing than those two things was just, um, uh, you know, just the overtly racist appeal uh, to voters in terms of protecting suburbia and, Particularly, I mean, one of dozens of bad decisions, I think the one that really stands out was highlighting the McCloskeys, you know, these people who are facing felony criminal charges for brandishing a gun at peaceful black protesters who were marching through their neighborhood, uh, you know, and to give them a platform and hold them up as heroes. And people are out there absorbing these messages and they're acting on them. And, and you know, I mean, <clears throat> 
you, you can't obviously make a direct link between what they said and um, the 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse who killed two people in, in Kenosha. But, um, you know, you, you, see, you see at the very top from Trump and from the Republican Party, um, uh, and you've seen from a lot of conservative pundits this week after, after the Kenosha shooting, killings, um, disapproval of vigilantism, of, of, of you know, militia-style justice, and this idea that Western civilization is under attack, and that we need to, you know, that we need to defend the suburbs and defend our homes, and uh, you know, that the Second Amendment people, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse was a 17-year-old. I mean, who who grew up into this world on Facebook? It's the only world he's known. It's a it's a totally invented world of, uh, you know, and he became one of Trump's Second Amendment people, and now two two innocent people are dead because of this. It's, it's just horrific. So, um, you know, I, and, and, you know, how many, how many more of these incidents are we going to see, you know? Uh, so I just think this is just a very bad and very consequential week for American history. But didn't you see all the black people speaking? They had a lot of black people speaking. Yeah. They must be okay with black people. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, when you're an athlete, uh, every, they love you. Yeah. Every, every black friend. Uh, well, not anymore, Cliff. <laughs> Most, right. most of whom are athletes like Herschel Walker and uh, and whatnot. Uh, 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 you know, I mean, I mean, we just heard these stories after stories about a Donald Trump who, I mean, if any of these stories were true, he would be the most completely different person in private and in public of any human be any of the six billion human beings on this planet. You know, I mean, I mean, they really just invented. You know, and and again, I mean, when you think about the dictators. That, that we know of in the last, you know, 100, 150 years, um, uh, you know, people who invented, you know, the Joseph Stalins and whatnot, who invented fantasy versions of, you know, kind Uncle Joe, when really they were just ruthless people. I mean, uh, you know, now now we're seeing this in the United States. It, 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 it's happened here. Yeah. We're all like, I guess there's no, I guess there's no questions that are inspired by anything. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we saw the same thing, yeah. you know, that you, you did. Well, I'll, let me kick it yeah. to you, John. I'll just say, yeah. I, I, I can't disagree with anything <sighs> that you said, or even slightly disagree with anything you said. So go ahead, John. Take it. No, I was, it's just, I feel like, and I think probably part of the reason we all got silent there is, I feel like we just keep having the same discussion. And I don't mean us on the podcast. I mean, us as liberals, you know? Yeah. He's breaking new norms. Yeah. He's stealing our country. Yeah. He's descending us into fascism. You know, I sort of had this little epiphany last night when he was speaking, I, I kept turning on and off and like literally after an hour, I came back and I'm like, Oh my God, he's still talking. But that <laughs> right. I feel like we're watching Merrick Garland all over again. No, no, no. I know this is unprecedented. I know this is illegal. I know they're stealing our country from us, but you just wait until November. We'll get it all back. So don't worry. Not don't worry, but don't rise up. You know, don't go crazy like the Republicans were. All we need is the election. And it'll save us. And guess what? It didn't save us last time. And what if it doesn't save us this time? I, and I don't mean to be Debbie Downer on the election, because obviously we know we can lose and we know we've got to try hard, but it's more the issue of I almost worry we're not doing enough right now. You know, well, we have to have office, honest conversations right? about that, John. Right? You know, or uh, you know, well, and that's Cliff, the gets, post office. Cliff, do we talk well, about the post office anymore? Well, yeah, and so that so yeah, a lawyer right. sued apparently, and and the federal court has ordered Trump and and DeJoy to hand over whatever they've got within ten days. 
right. um, which by the way, gives them 10 more days to do God knows what. Yeah. But again, like it just seems like our, you know, our legal system was, was in a, in a different time. And yeah. it's always hard to talk about this because it was a much worse time even than now, obviously to be a minority, to be a woman um, in the late sixties. But our, our political norms were such that even though Nixon got away with a lot, um, the that the when the courts ordered stuff, he you know him to do things, he still felt like he had to do it. And you know we're at a point now where again, like and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there, John. It's like the Hatch Act. Well, they've been breaking the Hatch Act. Kellyanne Conway broke it two years ago by promoting Ivanka's you know products on TV. I mean, they've broken it so many times. And for those of us who who are political sort of pontificators but aren't lawyers or in, even in your case, John, you're a lawyer, but you're not a practicing lawyer. I don't think you right. follow all this stuff closely. No, I don't even know who's supposed to be enforcing these laws, but I know somebody is right. or what the fuck. I mean, pardon my French, but what the fuck's the point of having all of these laws? It's like, we have these people with impunity that just, well, I mean, Hatch Act is only one of them. The other stuff, I mean, whatever happened to the emoluments? I don't know. Is it still in court somewhere being kicked around? Like there are things written in our constitution and written in our law and these people just ignored them. And there's there's never been any consequences. Yeah, I mean, Why do they not do more. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, these viol- these violations are coming at us, you know, uh, you know, hundred miles an hour. You know, we're we're dodging them one by one, and uh, you know, the Democrats who control the House of Representatives, and I mean, thank God we have that small foothold, right? But I mean, they respond in such a, you know, by the book, you know, incremental way. It seems like so. Uh, uh, you know, oh, my God, what's happening with the post office is terrible. Uh, let's have a hearing, you know, and a week or two later, there's a hearing, you know, and it's all right. You had a hearing. Well, like now what, you know, and, and uh, you know, they're not going to they're not going to meet tomorrow and, and impeach Louis DeJoy, even though they probably should, you know, or, or uh, 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 you know, I mean, I, I mean, we, we need like kind of crisis level responses. And instead, we're getting these, you know, slow motion slow motion responses and you know and a lot of it is well it's an election year and the election is going to sort everything out but the election is being corrupted so you know i I mean i mean just to get to just get to get to john's point quickly you know i um i i mean i i certainly agree that there's more that needs to be done i I mean i think i think right now between now and november 3rd i mean i think i think the real focus needs to be on the integrity of the election you know and i think um I mean, I mean, my sense is, and you know, I, I mean, I guess Joe Biden and I don't know who would have to even manage this, but I, I feel like there needs to be some superstructure that is even bigger than the Biden campaign and, and, and bigger than the Democratic Party, but you know, includes those people, but also includes, you know, community activists, uh, you know, any any kind of group, you know, nonprofits, any any kind of group that wants to get involved that you know focuses on you know, that really understands all the worst case scenarios about this election and comes up with a plan to try and, you know, uh, counteract every one of them, right? So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, not not just registering voters, because that should have been done long ago, but making sure that every voter knows both how to get, how to vote as early as possible so their vote is counted, and also of the various methods in their jurisdiction, which is, which is the safest way to vote, you know, and, and, and which is which could be less least tampered with and how to make that happen. You know, if people, if people need rides to a drop-off box to drop off their ballot, who's organizing that? You know, I mean, right. I mean, those things. And then 
there also should be, uh, you know, I mean, I, I see there have been some like these war games that have happened where they've tried to map out what could happen after November 3rd. I mean, I, I mean, they need to, to, to run those war games a couple more times and then come up with a plan, you know, because I think we all know that Trump is going to claim, claim victory on the night of November 3rd. He's probably going to use the advantage of in-person voting by Republicans as opposed to mail-in voting by Democrats, um, you know, to, to claim victory and then claim any other votes to come in after November 3rd that are counted after November 3rd are phony. Uh, you know, who knows what extra legal measures he could take to try and shut down vote counting. Um, and um, I, I, there just needs to be almost a, like shadow government in place to, to, to counteract all of this. Yeah. I mean, that would be my... That would be my approach. But but if that's going to happen, it would have to happen right now, immediately. Yeah. I mean, I guess what, what worries <laughs> yeah. me sometimes is, you know, Biden, they're running a campaign where they're, they, you know, they want to be seen as sort of the the stable alternative to this madman. And, I, you know, I wrote a piece for the New York Daily News on that way back when, you know, my theory of the sort of Warren Harding type normalcy, I get that and I think that in a lot of ways makes a lot of sense. But we two groups you you brought up the that, the Democratic House, uh, Will, and that is true. That was one thing. But another lever of power we won back um, in in 2018, who have stepped up in some way now on the on the USPS crisis. But we wonder in a lot of other stuff. Our attorneys general in various states, we won back a right. bunch of them in key swing states. Uh, and they have a lot of power, you know, when, when anything is affecting that's a state law, like election law. And I guess, like, what I don't get is, is think about what Republicans do, even when they're wrong. I mean, that jackass Matt Getz, whatever his name really is, how it's pronounced, I don't really care, shows up with a gas mask on, like a fool in the house yeah. and gets dressed. Yeah. Why is it that, that, you know, like... DeJoy, can, can you imagine for a second what would happen if DeJoy walked in to to um, to sit before the microphones and the house guards walked up and arrested him. Just imagine the effect that would have. Yeah, and, and right. the, the point of of like we mean fucking business here. And I, I just I don't know what it takes to get that kind of like what is wrong with the House Democrats and attorneys general that they they don't get it. A lot of this is played out in public perception. And the fact that on top of that, the other side will just keep going until you make them stop. They've proven that. Right. They have no shame and no respect for democracy. Like, why are we not having constant press conferences in the states, you know, on this stuff? Well, I think I think you made it I think you made a good point, Cliff, which is about this whole idea of the return to normalcy, which yeah, I mean, so that animates Biden's campaign to some to some on some level, but you can't you can't pretend it's normal during the campaign because it's not normal. You can, if he wins and he wants to govern normally, he should. I mean, that's fine. But right now, during this election that's being possibly stolen in front of our eyes, it's not normal. And, and people need to be jumping up and down and, and pulling the fire alarm buttons and all that. I mean, we are. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously people are. But I think what worries me is it's it's a matter of of coming up with specific actions that we can do now, whether it's to highlight the problems even even 
more, you know, more, more greatly, I don't know, whatever the hell the word is, to highlight the problems better or to actually figure out a way to stymie these guys, to embarrass them. God, I mean, but I do, I think of the post office thing where, you know, but you, that's but you kind can't, of, you can't embarrass, you can't embarrass you know, them, can you? No, uh, you know, but yes and no, yes and no. What happened in the last week where Trump uh, started freaking out about something and they started to go a little bit soft? What was it? I'm forgetting what it was now, but it was something, the post office, actually, the post office, they started getting a little wigged out about it. They're still pushing ahead, but but they started. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They started I mean, getting I mean, a little worried. I it, think that was my sense. It could have been worse, right? I mean, they you know? back away from active measures, but it's possible well, no, if a lot you, of the damage has already been done. Right. But I mean, will if you convince the public that it's a problem and it starts to affect the polling, then they get freaked out. My point isn't to freak out the Republicans. My point is to get the public so pissed off that it helps us in the election and maybe it even scares the Republicans into stopping what they're doing because they see that it's affecting the election, right? There, it's only with Trump, it's only going to be the election that affects him now in polls. That, that's what I mean. I don't mean, you know, we tell them stop and a million people step forward to say stop and he stops, you know, but it's it's the polling question. But I, but I do think like well, the post I mean, office, I mean, it was going well and now it's like, bye-bye. Go on, go on, Will. Uh, I was going to say, you know, I mean, there are things that happen in, in the real world that clearly move voters. I mean, we clearly saw Trump lose support and, and Biden gain support uh, when when the coronavirus numbers started going back up. Right. Uh, you know, all all these elderly voters in Florida, which is such a key state, you know, who knew people who were sick or passed away, you know, going to Biden. Uh, the thing is, it seems like these things wear off, you know, I mean. Already, people seem to be normalizing the coronavirus, which is which is what scares me a lot about November. Yeah. Well, he they were last night. I, I, IP reported the actual distance this morning. The, the chairs were apart. So they had 1,500 people, maybe 2,000 on the White House lawn. The chairs were six to eight inches apart. I mean, that's how not – They basically had like a few, yeah. a few uh, I would call designated survivors there wearing masks. The Secretary of Health and Human Services was wearing a mask. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even think of it that way. You're right, Cliff. It's like yeah. nobody else was. Yeah. It seemed to be like you know there was. I saw another woman. I couldn't tell who she was. Was wearing a mask. There were so few of them because they want to normalize that everything's okay, um, you know, and make that seem. And I guess the the real question here, Will, is you know you kind of hit the nail on the head with your comment about how you know that things get worse for them, but these things move in cycles and i would argue they move in cycles not because of you because you're a wonderful exception but because of your profession it, it, if the media right. covers yeah. it it matters it's why so many of us got so so angry when a bunch of them said oh the, it doesn't matter you know the hatch act nobody cares nobody cares because you're not telling them they care nobody gave a shit about hillary's emails until you guys splashed it all over the damn cover of every newspaper constantly and made it seem like it was a big deal i mean so you know, I, 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 what gets me so upset about this is the coronavirus would continue to be this important. His lies would continue to be this important. The bounties on our soldiers would continue to be this important. The economy would. And, and other things, if it would constantly get reported on. But our right. media is so well, I, fundamentally fucking broken. Right. I mean, I mean, what we saw this week, you know, the violations of the Hatch Act, uh, 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 you know, and, and some of these other abuses. Uh, you know, just just the whole display. I mean, should really be called out as the kind of quasi-fascism that it is, and that's 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 a place where people like Dean Beck, Beck Hay at the New York Times just aren't willing to go. 
you know, but they should. He's a, he will be one of the failures of this age, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He literally I mean, it, it, he is one of the most point, responsible for where we are right now, as far as I'm concerned. I, I mean, to me, to me, you know, having having been in journalism these 40 years, journalism is all about truth telling. And right now, that's the truth that needs to be told. And maybe if it's a different kind of truth than what what people like Dean Beckay grew into, um, we need to adjust. We have, you know, we, we have to like start banging on the pots and pans and not pretending this is a normal one side, the other side type election. Really? Yeah. Which honestly, the others weren't either and shouldn't have been covered that way. Even if it wasn't as offensive as this, when one side lies, you tell people they lie. I don't give a damn right, what right, the right, breakdown right. is, you know, I mean, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Cliff. I mean, I mean, I mean, you were out there. You were out there documenting the lives of John McCain twelve years ago, right? So, yep. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know that this is a this is a long term movement. You know that one party, you know, one party has built its base by embracing a dishonest view of the world, and 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 journalism. You know, journalism's had more than two decades to adjust to this, three decades or whatever, and they haven't. Right. Oh, I'll just tell folks we, we, we have. that that uh, you're getting some of the, the wind because Will Bunch is in the dog park um, in Philadelphia <laughs> in a key swing state. We wanted him to call in because his column is that important. And, and as you know, we're very pro dog on this podcast. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm disappointed they haven't uh, barked hello for you guys. But uh, I know. Here, oh, you have two of them, huh? Here. Oh, yeah. Even cooler. Oh, cute. <laughs> well, next time we'll have to do a video one with you in the park so you can show us playing with your dogs. I, I, I would love it. I would love that. Now, um, do you have a couple more minutes, Will, or what's your timing? I know you only had a few minutes, you said, yeah, this morning, I, I mean, think. I mean, I, I'm, I'm watching, oh, if you don't mind the sound of me walking back and uh, no? being a 61-year-old guy, I am getting out of breath near the end. Uh, then It's uh, very then real life. Going. It's very real yeah. life. Um, well, you know, guys, one point I wanted to bring up was, I mean, we were joking about it, but really – just talk a little bit more about what was going on with the, with the lack of social distancing, the lack of masks. Um, initially, we had heard that Trump had the attendees tested with his little, you know, coronavirus test. Mind you, the instant test yeah. Trump has has up to a 50 percent error rate for starters. Right. So it's right. it's kind of crazy to even test people because 50 percent means flip a coin. <laughs> right? You know, you got it. You don't have it. Um, but what really worries well, I, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing yeah. those tests. I'm hearing those tests weren't even used, is my understanding. Well, I'm correct. Not... That was correct. We had initially heard they used them on everybody. Then we finally heard they only used it on people in the first couple rows that were close right. to Trump. That means, right. you know, that means 1,200, 1,300 people maybe didn't get tested, and they were all next to each other. There's a famous video of Giuliani wiping his sweaty brow with a wet <laughs> handkerchief, yeah. puts the handkerchief down, and with the wet hand, touches the girl next to him who is date or friend or whoever it is. Fourth wife. For fifth or future fifth wife, but what well, worries, yeah. but no, but what worries me about that is it's tie that together with Cudlow earlier in the week, Trump's uh, economic advisor talking about the coronavirus in his speech. And he kept using the past tense. And a lot of people noted it and said, is he trying to suggest like it was the virus? It was a problem. Like it's not anymore. We add that to all the lack of masks and distancing. And then it remember the end of the, was it Wednesday night when all the people rushed the stage or whatever it was, and Trump is shaking hands and you've got literally a hundred people pushed together without masks. Right. And Trump's not even wearing a mask, shake, shaking their hand. I mean, he thinks he's six feet away, shaking their hand. He's still touching their freaking hand. 
I think yeah, they're I mean, trying to I, tell. Wait, last little point. Well, I think they're trying to literally convince people the virus is over, absolutely. and that's dangerous as hell. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Will. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, I totally, I just totally agree with all of that. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I didn't even, I didn't even realize the full. I mean, I, I noted the Cudlow remarks as, as many people did, but I mean, I, I think the really. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a one off. Is my point. It was part of right, a larger no, no, message. No, no. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's a. It seems like it's a very orchestrated, uh, calculated thing. You know, I, I was going to tell you, you know, the chairs being six inches apart, maybe, you know, how some people confuse like the one and two quote marks for like feet and inches. Like maybe, oh, maybe they thought, yeah. maybe they, they, maybe they thought you're supposed to socially distance six inches instead of six feet. Or that they yeah, it's like that's kind of spinal like tap, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like the, like the miniature Stonehenge, right? So, exactly. Uh, well, um, yeah, I mean, and I have to confess, I don't get it because the thing of it is, you know, it's one thing for like, you know, Trump and Stephen Miller, whoever, whoever his like evil mastermind strategists are to say, you know, we're going to stage this. So it looks like the coronavirus is over, which they did, you know, I mean, that, that's one thing. But then who, who are these people who are willing to be the guinea pigs to take part in this? That's, that's, that's what incredible. I really don't get. Do they, do know, they, I mean, they don't die like the rest of us? They don't get sick like the rest of us? They, think, it it's, they, they think it's a lie, guys. I think this is the people yeah, who say, I mean, you know what? They overblew it. It's a cold. Not many people are getting it. I'm going to be outside. I'm going to be outside. Believe it, though, yeah. but actually believe it's worth the risk because of the career benefit they get from Trump. That, that too. I do get it. I mean, I mean, I mean I'm in, I'm in right. the same age bracket as a lot of those folks are. You know, I, I, you know, I, I did my – I paid homage to Bernie Sanders last fall by getting a couple cents, you know. And, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, and so, so uh, you know, like most people in that position, um, you know, I'm very careful and, you know, still somewhat – concerned about potential exposure situations and i i'm sure huge numbers of the people at that event last night have pre-existing conditions like like many of us do and um or like herman cain did or like herman cain did you know and they're it's like it's like they're really willing to risk their lives to make to make a display for gear leader it's just it's insane to hear the rest of this episode, become a premium subscriber to the Unprecedented Podcast by going to patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast. And with a $5 a month or more subscription, you not only support the show, but you get access to this episode and all of our premium episodes, including all of our great guests. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support.